Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, everybody. I have some exciting news. Starting August 1st, I have a masterclass for you. Are you ready? Listen, it is called A Solopreneur's Unlocking Your Potential to Your Customer's Engagement, right? Let's talk about that. Are you ready to unlock the secrets of digital success and take your online presence to the new height? I am going to do a groundbreaking masterclass for 30 days so that you can amplify your digital presence. Uh, This class is project-based. It is a very transformative program designed to equip you as a solopreneur and all my friends out there listening so that you can have the skills and the tools needed to excel in live streaming, podcasting, looking at your LinkedIn and optimizing it. Also looking at your YouTube if you already have one to optimize it. If you don't have one, we will create one and streamlining your entire content creation process. I'm going to provide you all the tools I use, how I went from zero to six continents and 70 nations and countries. So get ready, get excited to revolutionize your online presence and attract a loyal audience like never before. Remember that. Okay, there's 900 million users on LinkedIn. You do not need not even 1% of that to sustain your business. You basically need to engage in your um, customers, customer base by being authentic. And the only way to actually see consistency within you and your passion and your heart is through live streaming. But you may say, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do it. Well, in this class, this is technical, right? There's a lot of technical aspects of it that is actually kind of scary. But I'm making this class a non-technical user-friendly, okay? Because I've been teaching for 10 years. I know how micro-learning works. And we're also going to have, everything is going to be on video form, more, more than five minutes. But here's the thing. On Saturday after that week is done with you on your own, I will have a live session with you. So you can ask me questions directly, so you can show me how you went. And then if you really want to level up some more, you can do your live broadcast in one of the weekends. And then I will be in the background, okay, running a little bit on your show so you could we could show you how to do it. And we're going to do it live. So it's going to be fun. Join me. August 1st is when the class starts. Right now, if you go ahead and type Hounds, H-O-U-N-D-S, you'll get a $25 discount, okay? And to get more information, go ahead and type Level Up with Doc, W-I-T-H-D-O-C, levelupwithdoc.com, and you'll have more information. I will see you soon in class. Hello, Level Up listeners. Tonight, I am joined by my better half, 
And we are going to be discussing that something that you guys have been asking me a lot for, but I'm not a pro. So I'm bringing him in. I'm bringing the pro in. And his name is Tom Leland. And here he is. Well, <laughs> that's our dog, Duke. <laughs> we call him Dukas. He has been in cybersecurity engineer for over 20 years. And tonight we will be talking about how to prevent yourself from getting hacked how you can be uh, safer online and prevent your information from being stolen. Take it away, husband. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, so there's a lot of different things to unpack. There's a lot of various things we can talk about. Was there anything you wanted me to focus on to start with? Maybe a 101 or anything you'd like me to do, I'd be happy to help you. Yeah, so we actually had a conversation because a couple of my friends got their information stolen uh, via LinkedIn. And I think one was on email. It was like phishing. And so they were just asking, how do we prevent ourselves from being vulnerable and not get into this? Like, we don't really know how to prevent that from happening. And I said, okay, let me talk to my husband and go from there. So how does one protect themselves from getting hacked? Like, what is the first step? Well, it's actually a great question. Um, you know, today it probably would help just to kind of, um, for context reasons, kind of, you know, set the, set the table for kind of what we're going to discuss. Uh, you know, we live in a really, really sophisticated, complex world where um, cyber thieves and, and quote unquote hackers are always trying to steal information and ideally, you know, the average person who gets online, right, can, can do so safely. The problem really kind of becomes magnified when we start to look at our own habits as human beings, right? So, you know, we tend to, to want to use the same credentials for every single site. And we, we tend to, to be far too trusting. <clears throat> so we'll get, you know, a, a, a link, for instance, sent to us over SMS, and we'll have, you know, more of an inclination to go and click on that link without maybe being suspicious of the source of the link. Um, this is true for things like QR codes. It's true for things like emails. And what happens is, is then, of course, the person is taking the first steps at getting fished. And if you don't know what that is, that's essentially sending ostensible emails to people that look like they're legitimate uh, but they're actually sent by an attacker who's trying to gain access to your credentials so they can get into your bank account or they can get into other uh, sensitive material that, uh, that 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 person has access to. It could be health information. You know, it could be, uh, you know, secrets that are, for instance, guarded by uh, a company's um, IT infrastructure um, there's a lot of different things that, that follow, but ultimately what happens is, is that these techniques are nefarious and they're designed uh, for people to, you know, be comfortable and, hey, I'm going to go and, you know, click on this link. I'm not even thinking about it. And the next thing you know, you just had your information stolen. Yeah, it happens. And I think the older population are very vulnerable on it because they don't know anything about like phishing and even most people don't really know about like phishing so is there anything or any way that a, per a regular person would be looking at their email that they would know like hey don't click on this email especially if it's like your bank right like 
whatever, Bank of America or whatever bank that you're, you know, Wells Fargo and it's like, hey, you need to like verify your account, click on this link. Like, is there some type of something that somebody can read and said, oh, better not click on that link? Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point. And that's that's actually exactly how these these attacks, um, how they transform. What happens is, is oftentimes you'll see an email come into your inbox and it'll have very official looking graphics inside the email, HTML graphics. You'll think you'll see things like Bank of America or you'll see something that looks like your company. And what will happen is, is there'll be a link and the link itself will be obfuscated. So it'll look legitimate just by looking at it. But invariably, if, if you look a little closer, you'll find that there's some things that are wrong. And typically what you can do is you can go and look at the source. You can look at the sender and look at the domain that that email is coming from. So before you go and just click on that link, you know, go up into the sender of the email and just see see what that domain is. Is it coming from, you know, bankofamerica.com, bofa.com? Is it coming from uh, a legitimate uh, URL or, you know, domain space? So what, hap- what happens is, is that if we take a little time before we just click on things, then we can really, it goes a long way in safeguarding um, just the first part of, of the fish, which is just to get you get you to click the link yeah and once you click on the link then pretty much they might get your credentials if you're starting to log on on there um great idea now how about if someone basically got their information already like we talked about the reasons like why would someone actually wanting to hack you you don't even have millions of dollars but why would they what's the reason that you've seen out there that people get hacked like regular people well, again, that's that's a great question. So one of the, the things that I think most people don't understand is that their personal identifiable or what we call PII, personal identifiable information, is very, very valuable uh, on the black market. And it can be anything from, you know, just social security numbers. It could, you know, down to, you know, for instance, just names, email addresses, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things can be sold in bulk lots uh, down in the, the deep web and in some some extent, uh, the, the dark web. But what ends up happening is, is that uh, this is all very valuable to to people that are trying to uh, to, for instance, breach, you know, um, like I'll give you an example. If, if say, for instance, uh, somebody isn't careful, <clears throat> you know, obviously you, you may want to go and you want to impersonate someone online. And so, of course, if you have valid credentials and you have, you know, a valid street address and you have a valid name, et cetera, et cetera, that now becomes very valuable information that someone can use in an, a, a so-called or seemingly legitimate attempt, um, you know, at, at, and impersonating someone so they can gain access to a, a higher level of, of, of system. Mm, that's pretty interesting. That, then you can, they can open credit cards and your name, loans in Correct. your name, um, <laughs> dry your bank account, go to Mexico with it or anywhere in the world, right? Um, that's right. How can, how can you be safer online today? Like, what are the things that one could do as a regular person if, and even at their job, I feel like 
some of these universities that I get, sometimes we get some random emails and I know it's phishing emails. Um, what can we do to make sure like how we're doing it, like passwords and things like that? Can you talk a little bit about like what is the safety protocol for somebody yeah. to like make sure you're actually clear and it's something that you can do as a habit? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the first thing that people do again, and this is all out of comfort is they'll tend to use their work credentials. They'll, they'll tend to use the same credentials at, at work, say for instance, in their own personal lives, they'll, they'll do things that are, that are, you know, obviously easier for them or, or some people don't want to think about passwords. It's the last thing we all want to think about. So one of the things that we can do, the first thing we can do is use what's called a password vault and use what we call complex passwords. So these password vaults are very, very good because number one, you can use one password and store hundreds and hundreds of passwords inside the vault. And this will be typically a, a what we call a, a, a triple encrypted vault or, <clears throat> excuse me, or a vault that's encrypted that's very, very difficult to crack itself. And you can store all your passwords there and they can be complex passwords now because these vaults all have the ability to do what's called autofill in web page forms. So if I go and I land on uh, a page and I want to go and put in my complex password, well, obviously you don't want to type that because you're not going to, number one, that's going to take you, that'll take you minutes to do that. Well, now you can literally just you know, select the record right out of the vault. It'll autofill it for you and put your complex password in and, and you can have access. So a couple things, use a password vault. Um, there's a number of good ones. One of the ones I recommend is Msecure. Um, you can find that in, in both uh, the Google Play Store for Android and uh, the Apple Store, the App Store. And uh, it's a great a great thing. And you can obviously sync those, those passwords. So all your devices have access to it. The other thing is, is that use a complex password and, and typically use one that's what I call random or auto generated within the app. So what's nice is, is that you can actually generate a password for a site within Msecure and then use that when you're signing up for the site. Uh, you can obviously go into your profile if you already have existing access to the site and then just change it to, to a more complex password. But that is a, a very good way to essentially give yourself an edge because at that point, you know, you're not using some simple, you know, password that, um, you know, any type of a hacker can use a, a password cracker on to easily guess it. It would take far, far too much time to do that. So yeah. this is a good way to do it. The other thing too is, and, and I tell people this all the time, is if you're surfing online, um, using good VPN security software is also good. So now there's several different services. Kaspersky um, actually is, is a great choice and they have an ability there to be able to give you access to essentially what they call secure internet. Or, and what that is, is that's essentially a, a VPN connection to what's, what we call a proxy server. And that proxy server essentially impersonates you. It acts on your behalf. And what it does is across the internet, it cloaks your identity so you can serve securely. Nice. And do they have a cost associated with it? Is it something affordable that anyone can buy or is it something like super expensive? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, pretty, I, I would say everything is very reasonable. Typically, a v, VPN, uh, secure VPN access is going to cost you usually between maybe $30 to $40 per year. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, these password vaults, um, if you want some of the higher end functions and you want the ability to back up your, your passwords and replicate uh, to different devices, you, you might pay 20 or $25 a year. But what people don't realize is, is people don't want to spend money on this stuff. But at the end of the day, if you really look at it, your your data is worth so much more than this. And if somebody were to, to be able to, to completely steal your information and sell it on, you know, the deep web uh, or the dark web and, and, you know, you were a victim of identity theft and they, you know, they ruined your credit or, or did, a, did other things, you're going to look at maybe that less than a hundred dollars a year is an absolute bargain. Yeah. Rather than like having to make sure your credit gets back, your credit card gets paid or talk about like, doing all the manual work to get that. So that's awesome. So password is the first one. Having the VPN is the second one, which is the insecure. Anything else, like, can you give us an analogy that you and I were talking about, like the house analogy and and what does like a network, we're talking about like now an individual who might have a small business um, trying to secure their information online. Like how should you back up your data? Is there any like, something that you can provide information on small business owners to make sure that their clients information are also secure. Sure. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Um, that's actually a, a, a real key point is one of the things that happens is, 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 um, and we, what we've all heard about ransomware and crypto jacking and things like that. And so what will happen is, is that uh, machines will get infected and they'll, they'll, you know, they will be, um, devastated by some heavy-duty ransomware, and the next thing you know, uh, somebody's on on the phone or with you because they'll provide you instructions to call a number, and they'll say you've got to pay X amount of dollars for us to send you the private key to decrypt the machine and get your information back. And these types of attacks can largely be avoided by backing up your data. Um, just just taking really solid, you know, regimented, you know, typical backups that any t IT department should be doing on on a, a regular cadence is going to avoid this. I'd say nine out of ten of these attacks can be avoided by by companies that just have a good backup strategy and a, a good backup plan. You'll find that it happens in hospitals and it happens in in other really, you know, like mission critical type of environments and and it's almost always the negligence of the IT staff that that just doesn't have good habits somebody doesn't something's not working they don't have a good backup and then a ransomware attack hits so that's the first thing i would do is is just make sure that you know you because here's what happens if you've got a good backup strategy and you're backing up everything on incremental backups and you have everything backed up they could hit you with a a ransomware attack, and it's not going to really have a whole lot of impact. Now, the the other thing people will say is, is, well, what if it's, you know, what if it's data that isn't necessarily backed up by the company? So, well, that that falls on you, right? You, you want to, first off, people shouldn't be storing company documents on their own drives. That's what we call shadow IT. 
um, that's not good either. Okay. Or, or, or people will share company documents up in, for instance, the, the SaaS platforms, you know, uh, OneNote or, you know, they'll, they'll all these different types of, you know, Dropbox or things like that. They'll take a company document and store it there. And of course that's not good either. Right. So there are IT solutions to, to block these shadow IT transactions and then to report that to administrators. So a small business should be looking for those things. And it's all about, you know, it's another vector, for instance, uh, for somebody to steal sensitive company information, have it sitting in an unsecured, you know, uh, SAS drive, and then somebody can then, of course, break into the SAS drive, and now they have your company secrets. So we we have to try to do whatever we can to try to safeguard that. So that's another thing, you know, make sure that you have a good strategy for, for the shadow IT use case, but back up all your information locally that you can back up your own data, your own files, things like that. Um, so, so business owners today have to have some, some onus to, to look at what their employees are doing and, and they're going to need to talk to their, their, their IT teams or, or essentially cybersecurity vendors to, to be able to help them out with some of that. But what if they're a business owner who doesn't have an IT team? Can they just put their backup on Google Drive? Is that even safe? No, it, that's that's a that's a very that's a that's another good point. So Google, Google Drive and any of these other um, drives, I mean, literally twenty four seven, every second they're they're under attack. Um, they're constantly constantly being hit because people again are very lax and will take very sensitive information and store it in these drives thinking that it's safe. But in reality, all, especially with people that don't use complex passwords, especially with people that are very lax in how they do things, those Google drives will get hacked, sensitive information will get stolen. And of course that could lead to a theft of intellectual property. So again, this kind of goes back to that, you kind of mentioned earlier about like passwords. Well, obviously passwords are just a, a, a part of it. One of the ways we can safeguard uh, putting information in the cloud, like Google Drive, et cetera, is using what we call two-factor authentication, right? Where basically we, we use a good complex password. And then of course we might have a code that we, you know, so every time you go to log in, essentially a code is sent to an SMS or an email and then you have to plug that in. But that, that, that SMS will point to your particular device. Only you can access it, um, an email that only you have access to. And then now you have two factors there of, of authentication. That, so it makes it much more difficult for a, a would-be attacker to gain access, elevated access to, to uh, that information. So that's so much better. Like I was just thinking in my head, like what if they have your phone number? Can they actually like get those codes because i think they have like an expiration right like you have 30 seconds or i don't know how many how long i don't remember i think for Google yeah exactly and and, yeah. and and you know just for those that out there that don't kind of maybe aren't necessarily following everything we're, we're saying what we're really talking about here is you know obviously if you go to any website or if you go into an application you try to log in it's going to ask you for a username and it's going to ask you for your password and typically what you'll do is you'll just you'll enter in your password and that'll be it. You'll log in. Well, two-factor authentication, um, uh, what CJ's talking about is, is essentially what you're doing is, is, is you're also going to be required um, to enter in a code 
And, and that code will typically be sent to your cell phone or it'll be sent to an email address that only you have access to. Now, of course, if, if somebody's already gained access to, say, for instance, an email, et cetera, that can make things difficult, right? Because you still now, now they can gain access to it. It's not going to make much of a difference. And that's why securing your credentials to begin with, with good password hygiene and rotating your passwords every so often, storing your passwords in a secure vault, all of that is going to prevent somebody from gaining access to, to your email or, or, but, but also like your SMS, you know, your phone, that's very difficult, right? Because somebody has to have access to your, your mobile phone to do that. And so that's why that's such an effective way to, to implement two-factor authentication. Yeah, better. And how often do you, would you say, how often should people change their passwords to like a good hygiene for just being a good habit? Um, good password hygiene should, you know, obviously passwords should be rotated. Um, most most password changes, um, especially in some of the uh, the better websites, for instance, that force you to do it, they don't want you to use anything that you've used in the past. But to answer your question, I would say every three months. Um, it really shouldn't go longer than that because it's easy. Some people say, oh, I do it every six months. Well, you know, in the world of, of cyber, that's that's actually an eternity. So three months is really as far out as you want to go. Three months. That's a good, good um, measure. For that um is there anything else that somebody that you could p- provide to somebody like okay what is a good habit for you to have we have the password we have msecure right we have kaspersky is there any additional things that you would say hey you should actually try to make sure that this is a good habit for you especially if you own a business a small business that you don't have an engineer uh dedicated cybersecurity guys um that you can afford to do like what other tools that you could provide for them yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, one of the things that makes um, cybersecurity so interesting is is that um, the, the the methods and the techniques are are always evolving, and it makes it very difficult for any business owner, whether they're a small business or a large business uh, conglomerate, whatever it is. It makes it very difficult to stay on top because the techniques are changing constantly. So, one of the things that you can do to is just number one. Is just you have to make sure that you know you, you you we were talking about this earlier about how you know you need to secure your data. So securing your data is important, right? And and obviously going and you know doing all of the password things that we talked about and using good habits, you know, trying to to look at links and not get fished. All that stuff is a part of it, but making sure that you store your data in an encrypted disk. So like, for instance, you know, on, on your local hard drive, on your computer, you're at your Mac or your Windows PC, you have encryption software where the entire disk can be encrypted and it can only be unlocked, um, you know, essentially using a passphrase, et cetera. You want to make sure that that's all encrypted, right? So if somebody were to take your, your, your drive or steal the computer, et cetera, that all of that information, uh, you know, would be secured and they wouldn't be able to access it necessarily, right? They couldn't just go in there and, and willy-nilly start pulling out uh, files from the file system because it's all it's all encrypted. So that's number one. Number two, what you want to do is, is you want to make sure that, um, you know, you realize that, you know, if you have a small business, everything that you're doing um, in some way, shape or form 
is being monitored. You know, anything online, all of it is being watched, right? It's being, and it's not necessarily watched even by a human. It's, it's being watched by essentially what, you know, there's very sophisticated, what we call machine learning algorithms. Uh, you hear the, the buzzwords, machine learning and artificial intelligence. And more importantly, we, we have something called crawlers, where you have crawlers crawling the web, looking for things, you know, and the, we don't use them just in cybersecurity to, to detect nefarious sources. Uh, hackers use them too, right? They, they, they want to go and figure out if a website is particularly vulnerable, uh, et cetera. So for, for the business owner, it's important to just make sure that, number one, that, you know, any, any hosting service that they're using uh, that's worth their salt, you know, has a good cybersecurity plan in place. Uh, the first thing I would ask is, if I'm going to host my site with you, um, tell me what you're doing to, to secure my information as I put it up here. Um, so just making sure that you're working with a reputable source, uh, not necessarily the cheapest source. Uh, but like, for instance, I, I like Shopify for a lot of businesses because Shopify does a lot with cybersecurity. Um, they do a lot to prevent, uh, for instance, you know, defacements of websites where somebody will literally just, you know, it's all about it might be a political message. Uh, social justice message. It could be, I just want to gain access and just deface the site. It, you know, it, it might be trying to um, use very sophisticated techniques to monitor transactions, um, you know, to, to it, there's a lot of different things, but just making sure you're using a good site with your small business, you know, a good hosting site is going to go a long way. Do you have any recommendation? Yeah, I mean, beyond Shopify, I mean, those that, that's obviously one of the better ones you can use. It makes uh, getting online, it's a little expensive, you know, but ultimately some of that cost goes into <clears throat> the money that they spend on, on cybersecurity. So when people see a $78, $80 a month bill, um, you know, for, for the service, they kind of go, well, that's a lot of money. It, it's not when you think about all the things that they're doing to protect you. Um but there's a number of things, AWS, Amazon Web Services, or, or Google Cloud Platform, what we call GCP. Those are all very, there's now, there's, of course, Microsoft Azure as well. And those are all big platforms where you can, you know, host, host your, you know, for instance, your applications and, and, and host your, your information. Um, and of course, working with those teams is good. So I would effectively make sure that the first thing you do is is have a good cyber, uh, good cyber strategy. Even if you're kind of a small business and don't have people looking into it, you have to have somebody looking into it for you. It's impossible to do it alone. So those services tend to be cheaper. But I mean, at the end of the day, they don't. It's not a dedicated staff, but they're doing so much with cybersecurity. The odds are you're going to probably be okay. Yeah, not everyone is so lucky like me. I have my own dedicated <laughs> server guy, Dukas, um, to just do it at home and making sure everything is good. So any last minute or tidbits that you would love to provide for our listeners to say, hey, here's the things that we could do. I mean, you've already given so much in terms of like what you should do as a habit, a good hygiene to do when it comes to securing your data from, you know, getting hacked and all that, even when and fishing. Is there any other thing that a, a person, a regular person or a small business owner that could do to make sure that they are preventing themselves from getting hacked? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? So uh, first off, 
you know, social media is kind of, uh, unfortunately, it's it's really kind of the, the death of us all because people tend to be very, very, again, this is human nature. They tend to be very relaxed online. So, you know, I, personally, you know, if you're going to be online and you're going to, you know, people will say, well, you know, I, I want to put a picture up of myself or I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, you're, you're better off using a little bit of anonymity, a little bit of privacy. You know, don't post where you work. Don't don't post, uh, you know, pictures of, of yourself all the time. Try to. And if you do do it in a way that um, you're not really giving you're not giving a bunch of free leeway to a hacker to steal that information and use it against you later. What people don't realize is a lot of times, you know, these these attacks that we see, they're, they're not they're not perpetrated overnight. Somebody's building a dossier slowly of your habits. They're watching you. And in, in the average person, that's not usually what's going on because you, you're really probably not a target, right? The, the, the thing that the, the hacker wants from the average person is credentials. They want access to the financials. That's They want credit card numbers first and foremost. They want to go ruin your credit. They want to they get access to your bank accounts, things like that. But we don't want to put things that they can go and, for instance, if some some question is asked about about maybe uh, like a security question, well, all somebody has to do is, is go look at your Facebook page and they can get a lot of what they need and just write off of what's being publicly available on, on, your, on your social media accounts. So making sure that you're a little, a little anonymous, you know, that's okay to do that. I wouldn't necessarily post pictures of myself. And if you do, you know, that's fine, but, but do so tactfully. Uh, making sure that you don't put all, all of your information in, in the profile, where you work, uh, where you went to school, things like that. Um, the other thing, you know, is kind of we talked a little bit about um, kind of that analogy about about the house. And, and really, this gets down to hygiene again. This gets down to using good, good habits. Right. So think of it like this. You know, no matter how secure a system is, no matter what it is, it's only as secure as the human securing it. Right. So if, say, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm a wealthy person and I go and I build a big, beautiful house and I put a huge 12 foot wall around the house, you know, that's all fine and dandy. But if I'm leaving my front door open, if I'm leaving my windows open, if I'm leaving my windows unlocked, well, now I've just breached myself because my my lax habits now have provided free entry into anybody who wants to scale that wall. Now, ideally, what we want is we want some type of system or some type of help to kind of alert us to these types of things, right? Hey, maybe, you know, you're busy, you got a heavy schedule, you've forgotten, left your front door unlocked, you've forgotten, left your windows unlocked. And so some of the more sophisticated cyber security prevention mechanisms out there will use artificial intelligence and, and machine learning to literally make a prediction based on your particular habits or habits that, that are going on in your environment. So you want to try to make sure, again, that you're, you're informing yourself, but at the same time, you know, you're using, you're taking full advantage of these techniques and things like just using, you know, the, the things we talked about, but some of these, these applications like Kaspersky, things like that, they all employ cybersecurity mechanisms that use ML and AI. And so these things are going to maybe take a look at some of the things that you're doing on your computer. Well, you haven't changed your password in about six months. It's going to tell you that it's going to tell you that, you know, for instance, that you have a tendency to maybe you're going to a website that's not 
HTTPS, meaning it's not secure, HTTP secure, or it's not, there's going to be things that you're doing that it's going to watch. And so you want to invest in, in good antivirus or total security software for, for your endpoint. Um, and that could be in the form of another great one is uh, uh, something called malware bytes. Um, that's another one that's really good. Um, uh, Hitman Pro is another good one. Uh, so these are different different things that you can use on your local PC to help you out. But ultimately, right, we have to be able, no matter what we're trying to do, we have to be able to have some visibility into our habits because we live busy lives and we can't do it on our own sometimes. True. I don't have to do it. <laughs> you have to do it. Uh, so I'm lucky. That's for sure. But not everyone is so lucky. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you being here. And um, I will. we will see you soon for sure. All right. Have okay. a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Level Up Academy Podcast City. This is your host, Dr. Leland. I wanted to tell you, I appreciate you. Please subscribe. Listen to us every single day. I have a masterclass coming out on August 1st. It is for everyone who wants to learn how to do podcasting from this is class is going to be created for very technical, but for non-technical users. And if you dream of having your own podcast, here I am to support you. See you soon. Thank you again. And please subscribe. Have a fantastic day. If you have any questions, level me up at Lua, L-U-A, at level up by B-Y, Doc Leland, D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. Have a fantastic and fabulous day. Thank you.